ladies and gentlemen, this is episode number 204 of Stream of Thought. And we begin the episode by talking about an update on the lady in my courtyard and the conversations that I have with her. We also talk a little bit about trying to make plans with several people at once and just some of the hijinks that may occur. And then we follow up with a conversation about my transition to the East Coast and the, the challenges and struggles with, that I'm facing personally. And we follow up by kind of a random spiritual philosophical conversation, which is well worth listening to because I think it affects all of us. And with that, episode number 204 of Stream of Thought, we hope you enjoy. So I saw the woman in my courtyard again that I spoke about in the last episode and the episode before. And it's funny because the first time you meet someone, you're kind of thinking, you know, you're trying to figure this person out. Like, what, like what is going on with this individual? There's something I can't quite put my finger on. They just come off as a little too brash. And then the second time around I saw her, I kind of felt bad for her because, you know, maybe life didn't turn out the way she wanted. And because she had that underlying tone of just a little bit of maybe pessimism or resentment. And then I caught her again when I was leaving the apartment. I said, hey, how you doing? And I try to do one of those where I say hi while I'm still in motion so I don't have to stop and talk. But, of course, I get sucked in. And it was quick, though. It was it was maybe just a quick 10 minutes, and that was it. But anyway, I tell her, uh, like, oh, yeah, I just – I was sleeping all day. I woke for, woke up from a nap. I, I'm going to go out and roller skate. I need to get out of my apartment. And immediately she's like, oh, my goodness, don't don't overdo it. You know, don't wear yourself out. Do, you know, take it easy. And I'm thinking, what is she, what is she talking about? And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I, I'm just going to take it. Yeah. Don't you know. Go, go and rest. If you need to stay, you know, get out, maybe just go for a walk. And I was like, lady, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? I don't understand why you're so concerned with me. Like what is going on? I'm just going roller skating. And I told her, like, oh, no, don't worry. I just need to get out of my apartment. Oh, yeah. And then again, oh, yeah, don't, you know, take it easy, take it easy. I'm like, Whatever, lady. Okay. And so we start talking a little bit. And, of course, you know, she takes the conversation. She just makes a hard left turn. And, and somehow we start talking about her at one point how she said she was homeless but then she's like oh but i wasn't really homeless i was you know living in my car or whatnot and then i said oh i said something like oh yeah i've never really met anyone who's been homeless and she oh, well i wasn't homeless I was like, you just said you were homeless but okay then you said you weren't homeless whatever and she goes off on uh how she was going to get a condo like in Culver City or she went to some place that helps people who are homeless or something. I didn't know because she articulates all of the words just fine. But it's like she skips three or four key sentences in between the sentences that she's telling me. So I can't put together anything that she's saying. I'm just getting these pieces of information 
that don't mean anything to me but make complete sense in her mind. You know, so she's going off. So, for example, she's like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, when I was homeless and I went to this one spot and, you know, I was trying to get a condo for, you know, they're like a thousand dollars. I was in Culver City, but they just steal from you and they check on you and you got to follow these rules. And I had one hundred four dollars of gas stolen. You know, I was robbed out of one hundred forty dollars of gas and blah, blah. And I was like, what is going on? I don't understand any of this. And the only thing I could understand was I was robbed out of $140 of gas, you know, 4 or $5. I'm, like, I'm thinking, yeah, gas some places is over $5 a gallon. And I'm, that's what I'm thinking. But then she made it sound like somebody opened up the gas tank and siphoned gas out of her truck. But – I was so confused because she's like, oh, I was just robbed out of this money. And she's talking about the price of gas. And then out of nowhere, she's like, yeah, they just – it was locked and they just broke right through. I'm like, broke through what? The gas can. What are you talking – oh, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. And she's going off on some tangent on homelessness and the community and how the people who are – who control the money and the strings are putting money in their pockets and not giving it back to the community or whatnot. And it was just, again, my brain turned into a pretzel trying to just put together the pieces that she was saying. Imagine it's almost like, okay, imagine you have a puzzle. It doesn't have to be a complicated 5,000 piece puzzle, right? But you have a puzzle and you're trying to put the pieces together. And you realize all of the pieces are from different puzzles, and they're not going to fit no matter what you do. And luckily, I was able to uh, to get in my car fairly quickly and drive away. <laughs> uh, it was only like 10 or 15 minutes, but this third encounter confirmed that I don't want anything – I don't want to spend any time with this lady. I wish her all the best. I'm sure she's going through some hardship with the loss of her son, but I just don't understand what she's saying when she's speaking. I mean, dude, like, what's the best option that you think in your mind? Just, just cut, cut and run, do that, or like continue to like have an open. Uh, I don't know. I've already surpassed the event horizon. She already knows my name. She already told me I'm the only person she'll talk to. We've had two convert, three conversations. I'm already in too deep. There's no coming out of this. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm in the courtyard, I'll, I can make something up where I can leave. You know, I feel good where I can maybe start to do that. It's good for storytelling purposes, and I'm always willing to put myself out there just so I have a story to tell or to make a joke at my own expense. Uh, but it's just like I don't understand. It's like what is going on in that brain? It, what is going on in that brain? But enough of that. Switching gears uh, slightly. Oh, and I'll add, too, that in the courtyard r- real quick, I, w- I got very upset the other day. I lost my my no. vape pen for weed. It fell out of my pocket, and someone on this property stole it. Because I always have to, like, go out there, and I forget. I leave my keys or whatever, 
headphones out there. And I usually I remember right away and I go out there and grab it. The next day I'm like looking for my Wii and I can't find it. And I know it was on the thing and someone took it. I was so pissed because one time I saw a vape pen and I hit it real quick and then I just left it there. I was so mad. Anyway, something that I know you would love is last night after roller skating, some of us are like, oh, let's, you know, go get something to eat. And it was one of those situations where there's no specified person who is leading the charge. And so we were trying to figure out where to eat. And I was like, oh, let's get Korean barbecue. But we got to go to Koreatown. But maybe let's stay, stick somewhere around here. Oh, but we can drive. And then these people don't have a car, but these people do, and they need a ride. And it was funny because I'm just like, what? I'm just like, I don't want to be in this conversation because I know how it goes where everyone has a different idea. There's like five different things that you could do based on the restaurants or who lives where and who's driving, who needs to get dropped off and everything. And it just sounded like a headache to me. So I just let it, all of them figure it out. And then one of them get back to me. And they're like, okay, so the plan is, uh, who was that? Sydney or someone's like, okay, um, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go to this person's house, and then we're gonna go to the restaurant. And I'm like, that sounds weird. That sound. Why are we going? Why are we taking a detour to someone's apartment and then going to the restaurant? We just go straight to the restaurant. And someone was like, oh, we're gonna go there to like figure out where to go. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 time out. Time out right now. Right now. I mean, I think her, apart- her apartment was super close. It was super close. But it was weird because, like, okay, we're trying to figure out where to eat. I do not – and it's getting late. Like, it's, it's super late for me. It's, like, 8 o'clock already. And I'm like, I do – what I don't want to do is – and this is the underlying preface for everything that I'm discussing because what I do not want to happen – is for an hour and a half to go by, and there is still zero tangible progress made on the goal of getting food, right? Uh, and, and, and overall, it was a really good time. It was a really great time. But it was one of those situations where I was like, you know what? I've been here before. I can sense. I know I know what's about to happen. And they're like, okay, we're going to go to you know Jess's apartment. And then I call her up. I call her and this other guy. I'm like, Guys, just meet us at the restaurant. I, I don't want – but I, I told him straight up, like, I don't want to go to someone's apartment and then, like, everyone's just hanging out for 45 minutes and then we leave, right? Because I was hung – because also I was hungry right then and there. Ooh, and when you baby. start to get hungry, you start to maybe get a little bit yeah. irritated more easily at little things the hungrier you get. And I wasn't angry at all. I wasn't irritated. But I've been in this situation before – where it's like, you know what? If I knew this was what, what the outcome was going to be, I would have just wa- you know, gone to McDonald's by myself like, and just to get some food right then and there, right? But it was a really good time. And, oh, and then we get to the restaurant. So by now, I'm so exhausted. I've been up since – it's like 8.30 or 9. I'd been up since 4 a.m., roller skating and smoking weed all day. I'm just like <laughs> so freaking tired. And so we get to the restaurant, but it's in Koreatown, and there's, like, nowhere to ever park your car in Koreatown. And so I'm thinking, like, crap, I don't want to be driving around trying to find parking forever. Is this 
do do we just go straight home? Is that what's going to happen? Are we just going to go straight home? Because there was valet, but I didn't want to pay valet. And I was just running on like 2% battery. My body was on like 2% battery. I'm just like, I am so freaking tired. And then my friends are like, hey, we parked. Where are you? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, oh, well, there's a parking garage. Just park here. It's free parking. So I parked there. Everything was great. Oh, my goodness. We did all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue. Absolutely amazing. I was so happy that I didn't go home because I was just so exhausted. I was just getting – Can I ask? Korean barbecue. I've never had Korean barbecue. Can you can you give me can you give me a sense? I I feel like that's so. There's a grill in the middle of the table that you sit at. They have a grill in the middle of a table, a circular grill, and you order food off the menu, and then they bring it to you, and you cook it yourself on the grill. So they bring you plates of raw, you know, chicken, brisket, octopus, pork, whatever it is. Oh, wait, and really, Oct- octopus? Yeah, they had octopus, and they had squid. Absolutely great time, great company, a lot of good laughs, and oh my goodness, Jess ate like, I don't even know how much brisket, but she just kept ordering brisket, and the guy comes over, and because we were there near the end of the night, we got plenty of food, she's like, can I get one more plate of brisket? And I'm like, it's like 10.45, like, you know, they closed the 30 minutes ago or whatever, that the kitchen's closed. He's like, the waiter's like, yeah, there's there's nobody back there. And the guy is so surprised. The guy's like, but the last the last plate that I brought you guys was two servings of brisket. And we're all laughing like, yeah, we know. She finished it all. Wow. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It was so <laughs> much fun. Met some new roller skaters, hung out with them. Good time. So from that whole experience, what is what is your takeaway from that that uh, sounds like the adventure that you guys had? My takeaway: everything will work itself out. True Everything's that. fine. Everything's fine. Every, it's always worth it. It's always worth it to hang in there a little bit longer for a good time. And if you're with good people, right? That's I, I feel like I feel like that's the other part of it too, where you've got to have good people with you. Yeah, that is a huge part of it. Yes, when you're in good company, that is a huge part of it. The last thing you want to do is be in a situation where you're with a bunch of people. You're like, who are these folks? Yeah, man. It's it's all about who you're with. I mean, that's yeah. I don't know that it doesn't it doesn't matter like what you're going through, yeah. like good times or bad. Like you just got to be around people who you enjoy being around because shit can go south very very easily and it's nice to have people (laughs) who you're with uh because you know somebody can make the best of it you know what's crazy though since roller skating pretty much i can't think of a single person who i've met where i'm like "Eh, i don't know if i want to hang with this person every single person that i've met roller skating i'm just like i'm all about hanging with this person again really god bless the la lifestyle holy cow that's, I mean... It's funny. I had, like, the same conversation with three or four people in the same day, all completely separate. And it was pretty much, like, the conversation was, I love roller skating. Roller skating is life. 
And I can't believe that I knew zero people when I started roller skating, and now I know a bunch of people. And living in California is so awesome. Pretty much had that conversation with like three or four people over the course of maybe eight hours. (laughs) But yeah, man, it's pretty awesome out here. It gives me at least a little bit of um, solace with the whole transformative uh, experience that I'm about to have moving back out to the East Coast. I am so scared. Like, everything about it is, like, anxiety-filled. I don't know what's going to come of it. I don't, like, I'm not a super social person. I'm not somebody to go out and, like, rollerblade. Now, I don't think that there is a place to rollerblade out in the East Coast. But, like, just trying to, to start a new life. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 terrified, but at the same time, let me put things into perspective for you. Most people who I've met, they started roller skating because they just thought it looked cool. They've never done it before, so they're starting something that they thought was cool. That they've never done, and they don't know mm. anybody. Yeah. So, yeah, you just gotta go out there and do it. <laughs> I will say, I was I was smiling. <laughs> <laughs> when you were saying that, because I mean, I, 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 I'm just scared. Like I'm, you, you have no idea the the level of anxiety that I have right now in getting ready to move out to the East Coast, bro. I mean, just knowing that there's, I mean, there's, there's opportunities that are available, and I think that's, you know, it's important. And I, like, I preach that on a weekly basis and stuff like that, but experience it yourself. I mean, kind of a, kind of a different story. So tell me about these headphones that you have, these new headphones that you got with all these different settings. Yeah. So, I mean, part of, part of me wearing these headphones right now is trying to like sort out everything from my past and um, getting rid of stuff and the headphones were a gift from my sister never bothered using them before and now I have the chance and I'm doing it they're they're okay they're fine <laughs> it's all good but dude I have an entire like room of stuff and I don't know if you've done this when you've moved from place to place where you just have stuff that's just there that you don't need and you're going through it and trying to like sort out all the stuff all the stuff like good stuff bad stuff it's all mixed together and so right now i'm kind of in that that cognitive overload of trying to understand what it is that's important for me to keep and stuff that i can just be like let's donate this let's let's get rid of it kind of thing that's that's where i am right now which is part of the reason where i'm wearing these headphones i'm doing some of that right now too because tomorrow we're doing at the plaza the skate plaza like a like an exchange so i'm just bringing stuff that i have no use for like a airbed or some like a blanket or just you know some old clothes or household items that you can exchange with other people and or you can just donate it at the end of the day. So I've found some stuff too where it's like this has been sitting in my closet since I moved here and I've never actually used this one time. So I think it's time to get rid of it. It feels pretty good because I'm like slowly starting – before I was like I don't really know what to bring and I was like, oh, I'm starting to find some stuff. 
I'm starting yeah, to find some stuff I can get that's, rid of. That's kind of where I am right now, where, I mean, I, like, I was like, all this stuff, because I had been, you know, my storage locker, and here, you know, I had boxes and boxes of, of stuff that just, I, I, I don't know, I, it felt like in my mind would be useful in the future, and looking at it like two, three years later, nah, it's just, it's, it's, it's taking up space. It's hard to let go, though. Yeah, that's why when I let go of things, I look at them like, do I have a... Does it bring me joy if I hold on to it, or do I just want to hold on to it? If I don't... It doesn't bring me joy, I have no use for it. It's like, yeah. And I'm pretty good at letting go of things. But it just feels so good to just get rid of the clutter, because your exterior world is a reflection of your interior mind. Dude, that, I mean, I, I I didn't actually think about that kind of on a peripheral level, but dude, I completely agree. That, that's where my mind is right now. It, it feels so cluttered and all that. And as I'm pulling all the stuff up, I'm just like, oh, that kind of makes sense now. Because I'm having all these, like, internal conflicts. I don't know. I don't know what to let go of. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm just trying to, you know do the best i can just get rid of it and then what i would even do too is pretend like you're never gonna be able to come back to glen ellen right like don't leave anything at your house that or, or maybe a couple things right but i was because we were selling our house i just had to get rid of a bunch of stuff where that normally I would just keep it there or and not even it wouldn't have even crossed my mind to get rid of all the junk that I got rid of knowing if I had this house to come back to so I would pretend like you don't have the house to come back to because it's going to allow you to just get rid of a bunch of stuff that you would otherwise hang on to for another 10 or 20 years like I just got I just got rid of a bunch of toys that in my brain I was like, oh, these toys I played with when I was a kid, I like looking at them every once in a while. Maybe my kid will play with them when, you know, they're growing up. And then it's like, reality situation, no. They've been in storage for years. I kept a couple of them, and the rest I just got rid of. And it was so liberating. So liberating. You don't, you don't realize how much frivolous junk you have until time has passed. And it's like, why? I remember thinking this was important in the moment, but it serves no purpose in my life after that day like keeping the program yeah that's true yeah that's true so what were you doing this morning you were cleaning and getting a little upset <laughs> i need to hear about this because you're like yeah dude it would be best best to record later i'm very frustrated right now with this cleaning i have to get done <sighs> So, how many times have you had to move in your life? When you went off to college, what was your understanding of what moving would be like? Pretty much just bringing clothes, clothes and school supplies. It was pretty minimal because I never brought any, I guess, like equipment. Like some people came in with U-Hauls and like their dad or whatever, their uncle, they already had pre-built like lofts. At their house, and then they take it apart, and they throw it in the pickup truck or whatever, and they bring it 
to the school and build the loft in this. So it, I only when I went to college freshman year, I had two. I only brought with me two duffel bags and then one large duffel bag, the type of bag that you normally see at the airport getting checked in as luggage. It was like that one duffel bag could swallow <laughs> two or three regular size duffel bags. That was that was pretty much the same experience. And honestly, a big portion of that that was in that bigger duffel bag, it was pretty much just like a pillow and my blanket and bed sheets is what took up the most space. That's why I needed a huge duffel bag. Everything else could fit in the smaller duffel bag clothes and school supplies i don't even think i brought nintendo 64 because my roommate had xbox so i don't even think i brought n64 or anything else so what was the difference between that and then moving out to california where it was basically going to be your life it was pretty similar because most of it was clothes and then just a bunch of random little i mean i fit everything in my toyota corolla so it was very minimal still but as far as moving goes, like I remember helping Bill move this futon out of his room into my – because in – so in college, Bill, he was in his fraternity. And then in the summer, he leased my bedroom for like a month or two because he was doing summer school. So he leased my room. And so I helped him move stuff into my old apartment after college. And I just – dude, moving f- furniture – is such a pain in the ass. Like, moving as far as, like, throwing little things together in boxes or duffel bags, I think I prefer that over moving, like, large items, like a huge desk or whatever. It's like, I'd rather just hire people and do that because the whole awkwardness of how heavy it is and maneuvering corners and trying to get through doorways... And the potential to, you know, break your fingers or toes when you're moving things around. I'd, bro, just give me the box. I'll throw it in the car. Let's pay someone to move. I, I am pretty sure you helped me move out of my apartment, right? All. Of, all oh the, yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh yes. yes. So I'm like, like as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, oh yes, that was that was that was probably one of the least pleasant experiences when it comes to moving. Here's how I view it. If I'm asking someone to help me move, I need them to help me move large, heavy items, or I need them to help me grab items that can't fit into a box, a standalone item, such as maybe a coat rack or a shoe rack, or have them help me move boxes that I have packed myself. None of this, I show up and like, oh, can you put this stuff in this box? And it's like, no, 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 no. I am helping you move in the sense that we're going to move these boxes into the car or truck. I'm not helping you pack. Those are two different things. <laughs> you do the packing. I help with the moving. I don't help with packing and then help with moving because what always happens is you expect to help for four to six hours and then you're there for 10 or 12. And it's just like you realize sometimes when people like – it's like, dude, you don't have your shit together. Like, come on. I'm not You didn't. I'm not saying that you didn't, but – it's like, dude, my time is valuable. If you're telling me it should take about four or five hours, I'm expecting four or five hours. But you also have to realize who you're talking to. Oh, it should be like four hours. Nine hours later. Oh, yeah, bro. I'll buy you dinner. And it's like a fucking club sandwich from Jimmy John's. Like, bro, let's get some takeout. Let's get some real motherfucking takeout, dude. 
True that, man. So basically, right now, I'm kind of at the final stages of preparation. I I have been... I've got, like, the vacuum cleaner. I've got all this other stuff from where I'm at right now. Just cleaning out everything. Everywhere. And it is so... I mean, you don't realize until you're going through all the stuff that's kind of accumulated over the course of the past couple of years how much there is just to, like, kind of tidy up, like, bring bring down, like, consolidate, all that stuff. All of it. All of it is, it's, it's a lot. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can relate to that, but for me... How many items do you have that you can just throw away or donate and then just buy an alternative once you get there? For example... A giant ass mattress and bed, that is such a pain in the ass. So, like, why don't you, you know, just a thought, if my mattress or bed is, like, really old, it's like, dude, I'd rather just throw it away or donate it, donate it, and then once I get to where I'm getting, order, like, a cot on Amazon. That way it's very small. I can sleep, and then once I get everything settled, then maybe order a bed and bed frame because if you order the bed and bed frame, it's just one more thing you have to deal with while unpacking. So it's like it's moving, packing, and unpacking, you know, working smart versus working hard. You know, how much is it? Is it really worth it to spend the time and effort to wrap up a mattress, take apart your bed frame, blah, 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 blah? Or just donate it to Goodwill, get a cot, and then deal with well, that shit later. and part of the complication, like, to be totally transparent, just being with my parents, um, being in this whole environment, there's, there is stuff that has been part of their past, and I don't want to throw away stuff that's important to them. And so it's kind of become this, like, sorting game of, okay, so here's the stuff that I have that I might need. And I need to check out. Here's the stuff that I don't need, and I'm gonna put that in a box. Here's the stuff that were my parents. I'm gonna put that in a section. And here's like all the other random stuff that's going on. I'm gonna put that there. And so I'm working with like four different kind of environments as to what goes where and all that. In addition to to you know being respectful of of all the stuff my my parents find valuable i i don't want to kind of throw those out so when i was cleaning out my garage one time my dad had a bunch of bunch of old stuff and i made the executive decision to throw shit out without asking him because i knew that he would be he would say oh no i need this or better he probably forgot about it like he wasn't like actions speak louder than words Actions speak louder than words. So I just went ahead and threw all that shit out and nothing came about. Nothing ever came about. Like, why did you do that? It's like, I don't even know if he knew that I threw stuff out. That's how disconnected he was from some of the stuff that was in the garage. Is there any room for that? Or you don't want to, you don't want to get near that at all. You don't want to step on any toes or have a phone call like five years later hey ricks have you seen this and you're like oh yeah i threw that out five years ago what like the like the garden gnome from my brother <laughs> yeah yeah man i mean i'm i'm more of a sentimental person so and i think our family is too in general and so trying to kind of 
navigate that where I, I'm totally of your mindset where if it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Like you can toss it and no one will ever, ever know. But I always have that thing kind of internally where I think to myself, oh, maybe, maybe that'll bring back a positive memory, a, a good memory or something like that. Do I really want to throw that away? I don't know. You just got to get, uh, you just got to get off the clutter bus. Like, for example, I mean, I was the same way. I was throwing away, you know, so this is three years ago, I'm 30 years old, and I'm throwing away things that I had in my closet or in a box from when we were 16 and 17, like random high school shit, because it's memorable. And I'm just like, throw this shit out. I don't, I don't need this, Victor. But what happened was, you know, I'm sentimental too. I'm, I'm not a pack rat, but I hold on to things because I like it. But then you get such a a high of letting go that you want to find other stuff to let go of. So it's it's like taking that first step and you realize how good it feels. And then you're going to lose sentimental value. Or I, I should say this. Your sentimental value will go from being anchored in physicality and being material to just being – in your heart and in your mind. You don't need the physical substance to hold on to that memory. You can just let that go, whatever it is, and you have it in your head. Because once you start letting go of things, you're just going to want to find other things to let go of. And you're, you'll be so surprised at how much clutter you get rid of. How many things that you thought were materially important and you realize it's not important. It, the, what's important is the memory, which I don't need this physical thing. Well, I think part of it, too, in the way that I think about it is you got to be, well, I mean, from what you were saying anyway, and something that I need to learn a little bit from is um, being selective about those those mementos that you take and carry with you because, yeah, I don't know, it, and it's choosing the moment, like those mementos. It's, I, it's so challenging for me. I just don't know what is the most important. A whole of these things have different, like, things associated with them and attach them. And I think to myself, oh, I just, I want to keep them all. And so I, I do the thing that I think a lot of people do. It's just, let's keep them. Let's just, let's, let's hoard all of these different things as opposed to, like, actually choosing something that, um, yeah is is truly meaningful like the most most visceral experience if you have four teenage mutant ninja turtles you got to pick one i know you like all of them you love all of them but you can only pick one which is the one that resonates you resonates with you the most michelangelo leonardo donatello donatello Raphael. all my star wars toys all my Jurassic Park toys, I got rid of all of them. I kept the T-Rex, and I kept Luke Skywalker in his Dagobah fatigue and R2-D2. Everything else I got rid of, and it felt awesome. But I told you, too, I sold my Millennium Falcon on, like, it eBay or something yeah. like that. And the guy was like uh, – he messaged me. Oh, because he's like, hey, he's asking me questions about it. It's like, oh, I, I want to buy this for my son. And so it's like, hey, uh, yeah, this still works, blah, 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 blah. So I, I gave it to him. And then I put in a bunch of just random action figures inside the same box that weren't – I sold it as the Millennium Falcon. 
But then I gave him a bonus, and I threw in a bunch of action figures because I didn't need them. And then he messaged me, and he was so grateful. He was like, dude, my son loves this. This is so awesome. Thank you. And so you get so much reward for helping someone that the uh, the attachment that you have no longer yes, exists. Yes, totally. And, and for those things that you have, like you may have had attachment to, like um, Pokemon cards or Digimon cards or like like um, Yu-Gi-Oh, stuff like that. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I played Yu-Gi-Oh. Wait, recently? <laughs> no, I mean, when I was like a freshman in high school, because I was always into... I was always into the stuff that, for the most part, that my brother was into, and he'd always make fun of me because, you know, that's a pretty big difference in age from middle school to high school, right? Because I'm 15 and he's like 12. I thought Yu-Gi-Oh cards were cool. I liked it. There was a cartoon that was on, and I would watch the cartoon, and my brother would make fun of me like, uh, you're like 15, you're playing with 12-year-old toy, uh, <laughs> shut up, dude, whatever. But it's crazy because now you realize as an adult, none of that shit matters. Like, who fucking cares, like about like what's cool or what's not? Just do what you th- what what you like and what makes you happy. That was the thing when I was in seminary. There was a group of people who were playing Dungeons and Dragons. I still really want to play with uh, with you, Dungeons and Dragons, and so that I don't want to play when your dad is available, so he can be the dungeon master. Because you were telling me about the premise of Dungeons and Dragons and kind of like the role of the dungeon master and how things can play out. And I was like, what? This is Dungeons and Dragons? Get me in on this Dude, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if we are ever living in, like, a proximity of one another, we'll start up a Dungeons and Dragons-like group. Because it is so much fun. It is so much fun. That fancy environment. But yeah. Yeah. Trying to think. So, in life transitions, um... I'm wondering what sort of advice you're able to impart to me in the next couple of days as I'm preparing. I'll tell you right now. This is exactly what's happening. You're reading a book. You're reading the last paragraph. Uh, (laughs) As he lifts up Atlas Shrugged, the book I told him to start reading. This is what your life is like right now. You're reading the last paragraph. And instead of enjoying the last section of this chapter, while while you're reading this last paragraph, you're already worried about what's going to happen in the next chapter. Bro, the next chapter hasn't even started yet. You have no idea what's going to happen. So my advice to you, just be an open book. Be open to the endless possibilities because you have no idea what's going to happen. You're saying, what if, what if, what if, dot, 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 with an underlying negative outcome. What if, dot, 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 and then you have, and then all these awesome things happen. So I know it's tough. And just, just as like a kind of a caveat, I was listening to a bunch of the episodes that we had been recording recently. I was thinking to myself, Oh man, I'm I I am talking way too much when it comes to that like element of um, uncertainty. It's like no, this, that, the other thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I think 
I think a good lesson that I'm trying to learn, I don't know how good I'm getting at it, is to listen more and speak less. Um, just to just to kind of like be chill and allow what others' experiences have been to kind of infuse into my own soul and not to be so like ready to like kind of instantaneously respond. Because uh, a lot of times that, yeah, it's just, it's easier just to, to, to be chill. Good note to end on for episode 204. Stream of thought. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time.